Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery, and I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's show, we're going to talk about beat baseball. And today we have Coach Darnell Booker, and we have Hall of Famer James Michaels. How y'all guys doing today? Fantastic. Okay, cool, cool. Well, today, like I said, we want to talk about beat baseball and let people know what exactly beat baseball is. So before we get started, uh, Darnell, could you tell us a little bit what, what you do regarding beat baseball? Uh, yes, I'm the general manager and coach of the Indy Thunder beat baseball team. We've The Indy Thunder was started in 2000, and we joined the NBBA in 2001, and we've been a member ever since. And um, I just, like I said, coach the team, organize um, fundraisers, and run our annual beat baseball tournament and uh, with a lot of good help with volunteers. Sure. And James, uh, how long have you been uh, playing the game of beat baseball? Um, you know, I actually started in 2000 uh, with Darnell and, and um, a couple other folks. Uh, it's funny, we, we kind of started the whole thing together um, in a cafeteria downtown uh, uh, Indianapolis in a little cafe and, and we started talking about getting a recreational league going. The next thing I know, Darnell's got us in, in the NBBA and, and just uh, took it to a whole nother level. So it's been, yeah, about 23 years now. So uh, I'm going to throw this first question out to you, uh, Coach Booker. What is uh, beat baseball? Beat baseball is a sport for blind and visually impaired athletes, young adults and adults. Um, it's six on six innings, six players. Uh, we have a DF and a DH, and we and our we play our games on soccer fields or on the outfield of baseball diamonds. Um, the bases are a hundred feet from home plate, ten feet and ten feet off the fair fair line. There's only two bases, first and third, and the batter and the pitcher are on the same team, so they work together. And the uh, fielders, we have spotters, one on each side of the fielder. They are the fielder's eyes. And once the ball is hit off the bat, the uh, spotters cues the fielders on which zone the ball is in. Then it's up to the defense to work together. We always say applause is necessary, but silence is golden. So the batter can focus on the, the timing and the base, and the fielders can focus on tracking the ball after the spotter calls the zone. And then and the object is if the batter gets to the random beeping base, first or third, whatever base is buzzing, if they get to the beeping base, before then, before the before the fielders track the ball and hold it up off the ground, it's a run for their team. And if the fielders track the ball and hold it up off the ground away from their body, it's a out. And there is um, also a couple of new things. Um, uh, one thing that's came about this year is called the double play rule. If the fielder catches the ball on one hop, it's two outs. So the ball can hit once, and if it lands, for instance, in, into James's chest and James holds on to it, on one hop, it's two outs. And the amazing thing, and this only happened like five or six times in beat baseball, if the ball is hit in the, if the ball is hit and it's in the air and James catches it in the air, it's an automatic three outs. The side is retired. That's only happened about five times in the history of beat baseball. We also have a home run line, which is 170 feet from home plate. If that ball is hit on the fly and clears the 170 foot line, you get two runs for that not one you get two runs for that it has to land it cannot roll to the line it has to land in the air over the 170 foot line so we do have 
a home run line in beat baseball. There's no throwing or, or anything in beat baseball. Either you're you're either you're safe or out, or you're you score. You have to either you strike out or you put the ball in play. And so, you and beat baseball has four strikes, and you can take one pass. So a full count is one strike, and a full count is one ball and three strikes, and then you get four strikes in beat baseball. I can tell you've been playing this game for a long time, darn it. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Um, I played it when it was five strikes and two balls way yeah. too long. Yeah. So, yes, sir. So um, I know you said that um, all players are blind and visually impaired. So there are different levels of visual acuity. So how do you even the playing field for people that do have some vision? Everybody, no matter if you're blind or visually impaired, like I said, there's different variations of blindness. You have to wear the blindfold to make the playing field equal. And you have to have 2070 in your best eye. That's the cutoff where you can play beat baseball, but you can have two-sided players on your roster and they would not be able to play not unless there's an injured uh, blind and visually impaired athlete so we, or there's not enough blind and visually impaired athletes. That's the only time uh, one of the sighted people can come in and play if it's a uh, lack of blind and visually impaired athletes or injuries where, where, the, where, we, where we don't have enough blind and visually impaired people to play. So sighted people can get involved in beat baseball on various uh in areas like the the pitching or the catching or the spotting, so they they can be in be involved in the game, but they just can't play. Not unless, like I said, the two things where you know don't have enough blind and visually impaired athletes or, or injuries where that would come into play. So you, but you can't have two fully sighted players on your roster as far as active players. So James, what what do you love about beat baseball? You know, um, before I. I lost a significant amount of vision. I was playing sports about every weekend. I'd play pickup basketball with my friends or I've been on several flag football leagues and, and just love competing. And, um, and then gosh, my late twenties, it got to the point where I really couldn't see to be able to do any of those things anymore. Not, not in a way that where I was competitive. So uh, I heard about beat baseball and thought, you know what, this would be fun just to, to get out and do it you know, recreationally with some friends. And then I started doing it and I fell in love with it. You know, you've got the, being a part of a team means so much. I mean, you know, it means, it means a lot professionally, but it also means so much uh, from a sports related uh, activities. And so I love being a part of that team. And, and I love, um, you know, I just love the whole, the whole atmosphere of uh, competing and being able to compete Training, I love training for it as well. I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, I just really enjoy the you know playing in the games." I'm like, I love the, I love the training, I love the practices, and you know, to me, that's half the fun. Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about what type of conditioning and training goes into uh, you know being a beat baseball athlete. You know, we've got all types of different people that play. Um, some people, you know, they're more casual players and and they just come out and play. They don't do a lot of training. And, and then you've got other people who are very, very much uh, uh, into working out. And, and, um, and so those folks are, are uh, really pushing it hard in that regard. So some people are just, frankly, just fortunate, gifted athletes. They don't have to train a lot. But most people, when they get to a competitive, the competitive teams, the players really train quite a bit. So for us, we practice, you know, every weekend a couple times a, a week and then we also train throughout the week uh um you know working out in the gym uh uh anymore we've got a lot of people who do some of the 
kind of the plyometrics, jump aerobics, things like that. So you're really, you know, in, enhancing your ability to, to move laterally quickly or, or to have that quick, those quick twitch muscles in, in action. So it's, uh, you know, it's really gotten so competitive where the, the athletes are, are stronger, faster than they ever have been, especially since I started, you know, 23 years ago. Yeah, Coach, you're not working them too hard, are you? No, I'm not working them too hard. I, to, to piggyback on what James is saying, so um, when, when we first started playing, we would get together like a couple times a week. But now that the competition is a lot better and everything like that, we have like we start our 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 training in January where we have batting cages where they're in kind donations. We have we go there a couple you know a couple days a week during starting in January. Then we move it to outside starting in the first part of April, even though the weather's still dicey. So we're pretty much start our season pretty much, you know, with with, uh, as they say, spring training for like regular baseball or what have you. But our start in January with the indoor facility, just all we do is is bat, just hit, 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 hit. And then we take everything outside and work us work on our base running and our and our defensive drills. And that's how we train. And we have also we have athletes now that are multi-sport athletes like Paralympians, like, you know, with goalball going on and goalball makes good beat baseball players. So we have a, a Paralympian on our team, Zach Bueller, and he does a lot of stuff with goalball and uh, other people have played other sports. So you have a lot of athletes now in beatball that are multi-sport athletes, which really, really, that's where their cross training comes from. So far with the, uh, the pitching, is it underhand, overhand? It is underhand. So you're Yeah, the pitching is underhand. There's a cadence the pitcher says, like, so like set, ready, pitch, or set, ready, ball. So when the batter hears the word pitch or ball or half second after that, they swing or whatever. It's all about that timing. So like in the, in Jan, from January to the end of March, we get that timing ball. We use dead ball hitting a lot of times in the uh, batting cages um, just to get the timing down between the batter and the pitcher. And it is underhand. And the pitcher stands 20 feet from home plate. That's pretty close. And so, um, you know, if the ball hits the pitcher, it's a no pitch. Um, so definitely with the so that's all the pitcher does because usually in baseball and softball the pitcher may bat or whatever especially now in softball but baseball not anymore they have the dh but and but the pitcher all he does in beat baseball is pitch the ball that's basically all his that's that is his job to do it's all about that timing right there you gotta correct it's all timing it's all about the timing when between the batter and the pitcher that's why we put in a lot of work from january to the end of april at the at the batting cage yeah, and we have to, as batters, we have to swing a consistent swing because if we're swinging sometimes high, sometimes low, the pitcher has a hard time finding you. So the pitcher, they have to be able to be good enough to place it on the, on your, the, your sweet spot of your bat, but they can't do that if the, the batter is not swinging in the same spot. So it's really, it's, it's a lot about timing and just repetition. And the catcher helps too because the catcher kind of will kind of help put the mitt, you know, higher or lower and over to the side a little more trying to, give a target for the, the pitcher as well. Thanks, James, for putting, giving the catcher some love because I catch for the team. and <laughs> Catching That's is real important too because you've got to, you know, the batter has to have a consistent bat swing, but, you know, we try to all work together. I mean, the pitching is very, very important, like a quarterback, but you got to have, you know, the catcher does put that good target out there for them so the pitcher knows right where the batter is swinging so we can try to get it in that sweet spot every single time. So the catcher, every, all those three components work well: the pitcher, catcher, and the and the um and the batter. So we're all trying to all work together on the same team, as opposed to like regular baseball, the catcher's on the opposite team as long as the pitcher, you know. But we're all trying to work together up there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to uh, be on the same accord if you want to 
know where the ball is at and stuff. Talk about that 16-inch softball that you guys use to uh, uh, play the game of beat baseball. Uh, the ball is like a, it's a, it's a one-pound ball using old telephone parts from, from telephones. And the beat, the beat ball was discovered in um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it was located. That's when it's, it was established in 1975. The first World Series was 1976. Uh, that's when the first World Series was in beat baseball. And like I said, it's coming up on its 50th anniversary here in about three years. So that's where it all started in St. Paul, Minnesota by John Ross and Charlie Fairbanks and Jim Quinn. That's some good beatball history right there. So, so how does it feel, James, when you step up to that plate and you're you about to swing and you're about to connect with that ball? How does it feel just to be able to, you know, have the crowd around you and behind you and, you know, being able to do a sport that you love? Mm. I I just so enjoy it. You know, I wouldn't have been doing it for so long if I didn't. Um, it's it's excited energy, just like anybody else when they get up to bat. You know, they're always a little, you know, a little bit of nervousness. But I always think of it as it's excited energy. And, and um, boy, when you really connect with that ball, you know that everything's working right. The catcher's got the mitt where it needs to be. The pitcher's pitching it in. You hit it, that sweet spot, and, you, and it makes that sound like it's just been crushed. Oh, there's nothing like that. And then running to the bases. Yeah. So after I lost, you know, a significant amount of vision, I, I stopped being able just to run free, you know, like out in a yeah. big space. So with the bases, they're 100 feet away and they buzz and um, they're a foamy pylon. So what you do is they don't tell you which base they're going to turn on. It's either going to be first or third. It's random. So as soon as the ball connects, the base turns on and you run as fast as you can full out and touch that base, touch it, run into it, dive into it, whatever it is. But to be able to run free as a person who's blind, there's honestly, I love that feeling. It just makes me feel like I, I don't even think about not being able to see where I'm going because I can hear it and I'm just zoning in. So it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. You're not worried about running nowhere else, but towards that, that beeping noise that you, that you hear. No, nothing but that. And just now I'm just in a zone trying to get to that base before somebody grabs the ball. So what are the ages and uh, are there co-ed teams uh, as far as with beat baseball? Yes, this is a co-ed sport, um, but it's mostly male dominant. But we do have a couple uh, lady. We have Rebecca Lewis on our team. But there's also um, a new baseball team that's all women this year that started up in the NBBA. And so it's an all team that want to compete against the men. And then they have a showcase game at the World Series each and every year. It's called Wool, Women of Our League. It's two. They have one team from the south and one team from the north. And they all get together to showcase the skills of, of women. There's women umpires. All that stuff is just called Women of Our League. And they have a showcase game every year at the World Series. And um, so it's pretty cool. But this this is a, it's, this is making history for this for the first year ever that they're going to have an all-women's team. And they're not associated with the wool team. But it's just they want to compete against the guys. So they're, it's, they're called the uh, St. Louis Sirens. And... Um, they're, they got a couple of players here from Indi Indianapolis that's going to play with them. And, and the girls are really excited, and the ladies want to make some history here. So we're looking forward to seeing those those ladies at the World Series competing against the guys. But, yes, it is a co-ed sport, but it's pretty much male-dominant. Wow. Now, I'm going to say one, one of our uh, current clients, and she's in our college readiness program, Caitlin Overshiner, is on the Sirens team. 
So she is uh, really jazzed up about it. And she's a good defender too. I'll tell you, I, we, we did a beat baseball demonstration last year at step and, and right away I, I told uh, Jared and Darnell, I said, wow, she can, she can feel. She's uh, looking really good. They had a scrimmage game and she got five, five put outs, Darnell. I don't know if you heard that or not. Oh yeah. I heard it. They, they, they're, they already, her, uh, uh, Caitlin and, and, and Corey, they're, they're, um, they're already looking forward to playing in, in the world series. And they had a good experience at, at the scrimmage they had a couple of weeks ago in Tulsa. Yeah. I heard Corey did well as, as, as well. So that's awesome. 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 So then he thunders five time world champion. So, you guys have been doing a lot and uh, representing Indianapolis to the fullest. So congratulations on all you guys' success. So I knew you're trying to get that sixth ring this year. So when is the next Beatball World Series? Uh, the World Series is this come late July, early August. It's in Norman, Oklahoma, July 30th through August 6th. And that's the plan to be back in the championship game and try to bring home that sixth championship for, for our team, for our organization, for ourselves, for our cities, for our sponsors and all that stuff. But first step, we got a tournament this weekend in St. Louis, Missouri, an eight-team tournament. And uh, we will be having some good competition this weekend to see where we're at and see what we have to do to prepare for these next three weeks uh, heading into the World Series. So a big challenge ahead this weekend, but um, we, we will make sure we'll, we'll try to get the job done and we'll come back to the drawing board because we know the ultimate prize is trying to win the World Series. I got to shout out Indy Edge as well, the, the current beat ball world champs right out of Indianapolis. So I want to shout them out as well. Let them know that the Indy Edge is out there. So we got two teams out here in Indianapolis that are doing great and doing wonderful things. So if someone wanted to volunteer, you know, to be a spotter or help out with the team, how do they go about contacting the Indy Thunder? Well, they can look up our Facebook page, Indy Thunder Beat Baseball. My information is on there, but I can give it to you now. They can uh, contact me at dbooker at thunderbeatball.org or my other email is bookerd, the underscore sign, the number 23 at yahoo.com. And like I said, uh, or they can reach out via phone, uh, 317-370-7231. Uh, volunteers are always welcome. I say without volunteers, this sport will not happen, whether they're taking athletes to and from practice, tournaments, um, everything of that nature, because volunteers are very important in the sport of beat baseball. So how can they see see you play? Are you guys on TV anytime soon or are these games broadcast online? How can they see the World well, Series? Um, it'll be streaming online. The, uh, the World Series will be streaming at mbba.org. And some of the uh, – all the teams have their Facebook page that you might catch some games on. And the NBBA will have the two two games per day streaming on the nbba.org website. So they will get to see a lot of that at the World Series when it starts on August the 1st, which is that Tuesday. Um, games start then. And then also uh, this weekend, if they want to look at some streaming, I'm sure the Edge will be streaming, the Thunder will be streaming, and the Gateway Archers will be streaming. The host uh, team of the tournament this weekend, they'll be streaming on a on their platform called Mind's Eye and also Beatball Nation. So there's lots of places they can go to to watch the games this weekend and also throughout the World Series when it comes about. Sounds good. I want to thank you gentlemen for coming on the Navigating Blindness podcast and talking about beat baseball and giving us all that great information. And um, maybe you get some new players, you know, people that may not have heard about beat baseball and looking to, you know, stay um, 
you know, just stay active at the end of the day. So once again, thank you for coming on the podcast and make sure that you're subscribed to the Navigating Blindness podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud and follow Bob on all social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I'll talk to you guys next week. I would like to thank Bosma for being a very proud supporter of Indie Thunder Beatball along with the Edge. But Bosma is one of our, our great supporting sponsors. I'd like to thank Bosma for supporting Beat Baseball in Indianapolis, Indiana.